Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon his holy... Hello there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing okay, a little raspy today maybe what? this whole week maybe maybe this whole week well, well we'll just hope that, you know that you have a good strong voice and that it will be as yeah. clear and beautiful as your thoughts and all your teaching yeah. for us I, this week i think my throat is coated with pollen the same way my car is oh yeah boy you know <laughs> it is, it is killer for, for the folks that don't live in florida and the tampa area they just don't understand <laughs> what you might find when you walk out into your oh, driveway man Anyway. But, you know, otherwise, it's another day in paradise. Yeah, Galatians 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are looking at Galatians 2, moving into the second chapter of the letter of Galatians. Today we're going to look at the Apostle Paul as he continues some of the story for the Galatians in defense of the one true gospel, which is not changed, which cannot be changed. And as he begins making a case, he shares a little bit of history about how they can take it to heart. That gospel's not changed, and that gospel brings us true freedom. I remind you the theme for Galatians, and even though it's not necessarily going to be a point every day we talk, we, we need to have that in, our, in the back of our mind as we're reading, as we're talking about this. There is one rescuing gospel, mm-hmm. and anyone who twists it or changes it is cursed. Mm-hmm. So as we read this, and we just finished up chapter one, where Paul talked about a trip that he had taken to Jerusalem, where he was not influenced by apostles. Right. And now we're going to look at a second trip, beginning in verse one of chapter two. I'm going to read all the way through verse 10 in the English Standard Version. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately for those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet, because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seemed to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me, God shows no partiality, those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles, and when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. So when recounting this trip, it seems that a big point, and I guess part of the, the proof or the evidence, is Titus, the curious case of Titus, mm-hmm. and what do we do with him? Titus, being a Greek and a Gentile convert, accompanies the apostle to Jerusalem, and it would seem that there is a teaching there, alive and well, uh, within the church or within the uh, influence of those Christians, that perhaps Gentiles should yet be circumcised, keep the law of Moses. Paul says that that came from false brothers yeah. who came in to spy out. I think that's important. Again, I, I think that what is happening here 
is Judaizing teachers, we defined those last week, Judaizing mm-hmm. teachers, those who are trying to teach Gentiles to be like Jews, right. Judaizing teachers, have come in behind Paul as he has traveled into Galatia, and it seems to me that they have not just merely taught a different gospel, but they have convinced the Galatians that Paul spoke with the Jerusalem elder uh, apostles, and the Jerusalem apostles changed his mind hmm. and changed his teaching. That's, that's what I sense is going on here. I, I understand that's a little bit speculation, kind of trying to piece together what I'm reading here. But what Paul comes back with is not merely a defense of apostleship, which is what I, I think I hear a lot of people saying in Galatians. He comes back with, no, I didn't change. Yeah. No, I did not go to Jerusalem. I did not learn something new in Jerusalem. And what I find here is an argumentation that says, no, the the apostles in Jerusalem did not change my mind because yeah. the apostles in Jerusalem were teaching the exact same thing I taught you. When I brought Titus, they did not make Titus get circumcised because they're not teaching that. I think that's a huge point to make. There have been uh, constructions, interpretations on the book of Galatians in this chapter through the ages trying to suggest that there actually were different gospels taught oh. in different places. You know? No, not at all. You know, multiple multiple Christianities and lost Christianities, and you actually don't get that from here. The people that were teaching something different are called false false brethren. brethren. False brethren. What he shows is the apostles are on the same page with the doctrine and teaching the same things, whether to Jews or Gentiles. The apostles were. They're on the same page. As we go into the chapter, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this some more because maybe it wasn't always practiced as it should be. Right. But the doctrine, the teaching was on point, and it was because that came from Christ. It came from Christ to the Apostle Paul. It came from Christ to the other apostles. But what Paul had emphasized at the end of the last chapter, and we're kind of seeing it here again because he's like, well, they seem to be pillars, but God's not a respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he didn't get his doctrine from men. Christ gives it to Paul, Christ gives it to these apostles, and there's perfect agreement in that. It's the false brethren that were teaching something different. And the rubber meets the road. Well, we can talk more about that, but but, but the rubber meets the road with Titus. Yeah. Yeah, here's our case study. Yeah, so argument number one, as he's trying to point out, I haven't changed. The Jerusalem apostles didn't change me. Mm -hmm. Argument number one was... I didn't get the gospel from a man. Why would I change it when a man tells me to do something different? I got it as a revelation of Jesus Christ. I saw Jesus Christ for myself. Mm -hmm. I learned the gospel for myself. Mm -hmm. Why would I change it when some man says teach something different? That was argument number one. Argument number two was I did take a trip to Jerusalem, but I didn't see anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still didn't know who I was. I, you know, I, they were not right. influencing me at all. And now argument number three is, well, but let me tell you how they deal with Gentile Christians. The the men of influence, the pillars that are there, they, yeah. they gave me the right hand of fellowship. They were all for me going and teaching the Gentiles exactly this way. And oh, by the way, here's case study, object lesson, Titus. Yeah. You guys have heard of Titus, right? Titus was not forced to be circumcised because the Jerusalem apostles agree with the true gospel. Yeah. The Jerusalem yeah. apostles are not accursed. Mm-hmm. You need to follow them. You need to follow me. Paul is saying you need to follow this gospel that the we gospel. have presented, and yeah. we are united on it. Yeah. There are not two Christianities. There's not competing, and Paul won in the end. This, this is all the same. Now, let me ask you this. It does seem to me, as we read through Galatians, that Paul does allow for the fact that those who were by heritage Jews 
would continue in some of yeah. their customs and practices. And as long as they weren't using that as a means of justification, that was yeah. perfectly legitimate for them. No, I see that as well. I see that even in the example of the Apostle Paul in, in his own life, mm-hmm. you know, kind of piecing together some other things. But uh, in later travels recorded for us in the book of Acts, you know, he he took a vow uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 when he lists what it means to be all things things to all men, to the Jews I became as Jews, Mm -hmm. okay? So it was not for justification. He makes that very clear. But the law of Moses was given by God. It was given to these Jewish people. It wasn't bad in and of itself. Mm -hmm. It just was not for all people for all time, which the gospel of Christ is. And so for a Jew to practice Judaism, this makes sense. I, I don't know if this seems a little nuanced to to folks or not, but, you know, a Jew could still practice Judaism, but he needs to learn and practice Christianity. However, to take Judaism and the law of Moses onto Gentiles and say, that is the gospel, that is Christianity, that's how you're saved. No, not at all. Maybe if I can take that a step further, I I know there was a time when I kind of became enamored with pursuing some of the feasts some of the different practices and customs, because in my mind I thought, well, I know those things prefigured and pointed toward Jesus. Maybe if I'm really involved in these, I'll understand Jesus Hmm. better, and it'll make my Christianity deeper. But then we we studied Galatians several years ago, you you and me, and we preached on it some. And what I came away from that, and I'm still there as I'm reading it this week and, and last week, is that for Gentile Christians... He's saying, no, stay away from that. Yeah. That is not going to make your spirituality deeper. That is yeah. not going to make you more Christ-like. Look, get in the get in the Word, know the, the Word, scripture. understand it, but don't think adding in these customs is going to help you be a child of yes. God. Those who those who grew up with this as their custom. Here, here's here's kind of how I think I'm thinking about it. Let me throw this illustration out. It's one thing for me as an American Christian on the 4th of July to celebrate the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. I might travel as a preacher into another land, and even though I'm in another land, on the 4th of July, I would celebrate that as an American, no matter yeah. where I'm living. But if I started teaching people that, well, look, you know, I, this this is what Christians do. We, we celebrate the 4th, 4th of, of July. July. You need to follow this. Uh, now... You know, look, yeah. it's, it's perfectly fine if I follow the 4th of July, as long as I'm not making a part of my own justification. But the moment I start telling people that everyone has to follow that, yeah. now, I've, now I've added to you, and I'm not helping them at all. Right. Is it, I, I know that's not a perfect parallel, but do you get kind of the idea there? Yeah. Well, and I do, and I think as we go on, well, I know as we go on to read in Galatians, he will actually make a point of talking about observing the days of the yeah. law and such as this. Right, and here the main thing is circumcision, <laughs> I understand, in this passage. But but it all does go together. Yeah. I mean, and I think the part of the error was that Judaizing teachers were saying that this law of Moses is the gospel, is Christianity, and so you take all of it, uh, which, interesting, Paul calls that a bondage, doesn't he? Yeah, slavery. A slavery to try to take all this law and make it the gospel. So, of course, what that means is, is because I am set free in Jesus, just like Titus was, I can do anything I imagine and please. Well, isn't it great that we have the book of Galatians to try to explain to us about our freedom in Christ. I mean, it is a major theme in the book, liberty and freedom. I think, isn't that how the fifth chapter begins? For freedom you have been freed, Mm. right? Walk in freedom. Yeah, and it says don't submit again to slavery. And don't submit again to slavery. Calling back to what we're looking at today. Yeah, well, and that's the key, calling back to what we're looking at today. We are set free from 
the law of Moses. We are set free from sin, from its consequences, from its slavery. All those things are broken in the gospel, but we are not free uh, to go and do anything we want without any rule, without any covenant with Christ, without even uh, a, a law of Christ, right? Yeah, Paul's going to come back in that same fifth chapter, and he's going to say in Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one, serve another. one another. Isn't that interesting? You're free, now make yourself a slave to other people. That is interesting. You're free, you're free, but how does he introduce himself, right? I'm a bondservant of Christ. That's how Paul talks about it. I'm a slave to Jesus. And we've mentioned Jude 4 before that talks about perverting the grace of God into sensuality. Mm. So I'm free from being justified by the law because the law won't justify I'm fr- won't justify us. I'm yeah. freed from sin, but I'm not free to just follow every whim and will that I have. I am free to submit and surrender to Jesus, and I, I gain righteousness through Jesus, through yes. faithfulness to Him. I, 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 we're out of time. I know we're going to talk more about that as we get further in Galatians two, but I think uh, I think that's a good foundation for us today. Yeah, for this I'm, chapter, I, I, I see Titus freedom. I don't have to be circumcised. I don't have to follow the law, but I do give allegiance to Jesus Christ. I think we should wrap up there. You can go ahead and close us out in prayer, brother. Sounds great. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your word and for the scripture. Thank you, Father, for this book of Galatians. It does clarify what freedom is in Christ. And Father, guard us that we may never pervert that and take that beyond the blessing that you intend. Thank you, Father, for Titus for Paul, for their willingness to go and to sort these things out. We pray, Father, that we might walk in confidence today in a freedom that justification is found in Christ and in that gospel and nowhere else. We want to serve you and love you, Father. And so learn to love and serve our fellow man. Please bless us to that in this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. I just can't even believe, A, how much you sound like Janis Joplin. (laughs) B, that you know all the words. (laughs) I know a lot of them. (laughs) 